Well, hey everybody, welcome to week number three of Divine Direction. So excited to have you uh, today. Before we jump into today's message, let me just uh, reiterate, say thank you again for your generosity in this season. Uh, thank you for how you're staying connected to church life. So excited about Growth Track online now and small groups coming online now. Come on, in this season, we're going to grow together. Amen, everybody. We're going to grow and not just get through this. We're going to grow through this together, and I'm so excited about that. So if you're new to City Hills or just jumping into this message series, uh, we're in a series about making good decisions, and especially sort of as we look about coming out of this crisis together, what do we do together, and how do I know God's will going forward? It's probably the question I get the most as a pastor, what do I do with my life? How do I make good decisions in my life? And I want you to make those kind of good decisions. And we said it like this, that the decisions that we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. The decisions we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. So you're living the life today based on the decision you made in your past. And we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, how we're not always the best decision makers. I know I'm not always the best decision maker and people are becoming more and more indecisive, I feel like. Uh, I was talking to this guy recently and I said, do you feel like he was you know, struggling with God's will, asking that same question, what's God's will for my life? What do I do? And I said, do you feel like you always are in this decision making process? Or you, do you have a tough time making decisions? Are you always this indecisive? My hand to God, he goes, well, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm kind of indecisive. No, I'm not. I don't know. I, I, yeah, always having trouble. And I think it's really worse, honestly, today than maybe any other generation because we have more options than we've ever had. And we have this illusion. Last week we talked about have this illusion of perfection, you know, that, that we're going to be able to find this perfect place. And so we get vulnerable to unrealistic expectations. You ever seen that before and after photo on Facebook and you're like, I can do this. You know what I mean? And and then at the very bottom, there's this really fine print, you know, and I lost 119 pounds just by walking twice a day up the stairs one time. And then at the very bottom, it's like, you know, the average weight loss is half a pound or whatever. And you're like, but but it looks so good. I think I can do this. The before and the after. And and so we sort of get this unrealistic expectation in our mind about what could happen if I make this decision. And in every area of your life, your career, your relationships, your financial life, your spiritual life, for sure, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll, you'll see these before and afters and you'll start thinking, man, this is easy to do. You know, I think I can do this. This looks like an overnight success. You ever seen somebody like that that you felt like, Man, that seems so easy, you know. In two months, they just paid all their debt off. One of my favorite way to illustrate that is HGTV. Do you guys love HGTV? It's my favorite way because in 30 minutes, they take this absolutely deplorable, rundown slum and they transform it into Chip and JoJo's paradise. And it's 30 minutes, and and then you leave there and you start looking around your house, going, "I could do this tonight. Like, there's just I could make this happen." We have that same mentality about the rest of our life, that you're an overnight success. And the truth of the matter is, if you're successful in any area of your life, you know this, there is no such thing as overnight success, that it's a process. Would you write this down? I want to talk to you for just a couple of minutes this week on trusting the process, to trust the process. Let me kind of give you a, a backstory about the, the, the verse in God's Word we're going to look at today. It's about the Apostle Paul. So Paul loved the city of Ephesus. He loved to minister in Ephesus. It was kind of, it was just, it was dear to his heart. He loved what he was doing. He was fulfilled in Ephesus. 
He really enjoyed his time there. He loved the people there. And so he gets to the point where making, he's making a decision to leave Ephesus. He feels like this is the right thing to do. And he's getting direction for what's next in his life. And so he feels called to another place. It feels like God's calling him. And he calls uh, you know, all the elders uh, t- together and they start talking about this. And he writes, in the book of Acts, he writes this sort of farewell address to Ephesus. And it's very emotional and you sort of get an insight into his heart. But you also get some insight into the process that God has for every decision and every direction you need in your life. Turn in your Bibles, Acts, uh, uh, the 20th chapter, Acts 20, almost the end of the book, the 22nd verse. And he says this, this is what Paul says. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. And I don't know, he says, not knowing what will happen to me there. I want you to catch all of this language, super important, super emotional for Paul. Verse 23, I only know that in every city that I wind up in, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. How would you like that word from God? Just everywhere I go, the Holy Spirit says, just so you know, it's probably going to be prison and hardships. Verse 24, probably one of the most amazing verses in all of the book of Acts. However, Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. And my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, a task to testify to the good news of God's grace. Here's this farewell address to Ephesus, where Paul really, he sort of, he gives an insight, he sort of peels back his heart at the very end of his time in Ephesus and gives you what I think is a four-step process that you're going to see in your life over and over again. You're gonna see God walk you through these four steps of trusting God's process. I think as, as you follow a God, as you're a follower of Jesus, I think you're going to see over and over again as you seek that divine direction from God, you're going to find these four steps always showing up and they're a good framework for you and I to trust the process. Are you ready for that? All right, get ready. Write this down. Here's the four. The first one is this. I think you're always going to have the Spirit's prompting the prompting of the holy spirit paul says it like this and now compelled by the spirit i'm going to jerusalem like there's this prompting of the holy spirit the greek there is literally deo ho numa deo ho numa deo means compelled it literally means bound up by a cord like like Come on, all the rodeo people, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like I've been lassoed into this. It's compelled and it's pulling me in this direction. It's bound up or wound up or wrapped up by this cord. And then he said, Deo ho pneuma. So I'm bound by, I'm wrapped up by pneuma, which is breath or spirit or breeze. Or it's often in the New Testament when you see the Holy Spirit, it's that word, it's pneuma. So he says, I'm literally bound up by and being pulled by the Holy Spirit. And I want, I want you to know when you go to trust the process of making good decisions in your life, godly decisions in your life, following after God, you're almost always going to have a pulling of the Holy Spirit on your life. Don't, don't neglect, pay attention to the Deo Ho Numa moments of your life. Pay attention to... The times in your life when you feel the Holy Spirit pull you. 
if you feel like God's calling you to join that small group today and you just, you don't even know why, I just feel pulled by this. Every time I say freedom, you think, man, I need to be in that freedom group. Every, every, I just feel that pulling on my heart. Do not neglect the pulling of the Holy Spirit. I think the process of divine direction always starts with the Spirit's prompting. Maybe it's just the prompting to help somebody. Maybe it's the prompting to join that small group. Maybe it's a prompting to write that book. Maybe it's that prompting to upgrade your boyfriend. Come on, somebody, I'm trying to help you now. Maybe, you, maybe you're looking around going, I don't know if the Holy Spirit or the fact you don't have a job, but either way, I feel pulled to get away from you. I gotta, I, maybe you feel pulled to ask her out. You know, you just, I would start that way in church. You know, just look, I feel like the Holy Spirit asked me to ask you out. You know, the, I, I just feel lassoed right now by the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is, it could be different for you. But you know that the, that, that process of divine direction starts with the Holy Spirit's prompting. It starts with that pulling in your heart, a cord wrapped around your life. And the Holy Spirit's pulling you in a certain direction. If you're just looking for God's will and divine direction in your life, I think it starts with the Spirit's prompting. Paul says, Honestly, I love Ephesus. I wish I could stay here. This is kind of, the, I love these people. I love what I'm doing here. But the Spirit is compelling me to go to Jerusalem. I think every divine direction, the process of your life starts with the pulling of the Holy Spirit. Here's the, the second thing. Again, I want you to, in this message, I want you to learn to trust the process. Everything's a process. There is no such thing as overnight. God, just show me what to do. No, no, no. It's probably going to be a process. Matter of fact, it's, it's interesting to me when you, when you look at people who you think are overnight success, you don't know the process they've been through. You don't know the steps they've walked through. And I just think that as you follow God, there's always going to be a process. The first one's the Spirit's prompting. Here's number two. Write this down. I think you're always going to have a certain uncertainty. <laughs> a certain uncertainty. So Paul says, I feel pulled, compelled by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And he says, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. Catch this language. I think this may be the most important thing I tell you. I'll be honest with you. Out of the four points, I think this one's the one that I can help you with the most because I think most people struggle with this. It's, I know I'm supposed to go there, but I don't know what I'm going to do there. I know it's Jerusalem, but I don't know what's going to happen to me. There's this constant struggle of certain uncertainty. I know this is the Holy Spirit lassoed my heart about Jerusalem, but he didn't give me everything else. God is sort of saying, you know that famous line that in the movies is, you know, show me the truth and you can't handle the truth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or I'm just yelling to myself. I really think God sort of do that. You know, I'm, I'm asking God, show me the details. And God's going, you can't handle the details. You can't, if I showed you the details, you wouldn't do it. If I showed you everything, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if God showed you everything, you would have never taken the steps. Let me just be honest with you where my life is, okay? If God would have shown me all of the details of starting a church, I wouldn't have started a church. Brandon and I wouldn't have taken the steps that we've taken. If you knew all the pain, if you knew all the heartache, I would have said like my little boy, uh, we're working on manners now. And right now, the only manners we're really mastered is Henry says no thanks to everything. Even the stuff I'm telling him to do, like Henry, it's time to pick up your room. No, thank you. <laughs> Not the right time for manners. But anyway, I would have told God, no, thank you. I appreciate this. No, thank you. I appreciate you telling me that, but... No, thank you. I'm not interested in following God. So there is this amount of certain uncertainty. Paul says, I know I'm supposed to go to Jerusalem, but I don't know what's going to happen to me there. 
That's why, that's why David says it like this in Psalms 119, that your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Catch this language. I want a spotlight on my future and God gives me a lamp to my feet. I want a spotlight on my future. I want God to illuminate everywhere in front of me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody feel that way? I always do. I want God to just light the whole thing up. Show me all the way down there. You know, we're on the other side of that hill. Show me where I'm supposed to go. Show me how I'm supposed to make this happen. God just light the whole things up. And God just says, no, I'm going to give you just the next few steps in your life. I want step four, five, and six. God says, no, I'm going to show you step one, two, and three, and you're going to have to continue to trust me with certain uncertainty that if I was there for step one, I'll be there for step two, and I'll be there for step three. And when you get to step six, you'll be able to look back and go, oh, I wasn't certain. There was this certain amount of uncertainty there, but God lit the way every step I took. Say amen to that. Like that's, that's super, super important for you to know there's always going to be certain uncertainty. People ask me all the time, especially right now, kind of what we're going through as a church. Well, pastor, what's the plan? What's our plan going forward? What plan do you have for the church? What, to, to tell us where you're headed. To tell us what's happening in the church. Tell me what the plan is. And I got to be honest with you. This is, you may think I'm a bad leader for this, but let me kind of show you. Let me peel back my heart for just a moment. Rarely are my plans about the future. I have followed God long enough to know I don't make too many plans for far in the future. I do plan, however, to obey God today. With all the knowledge that I have today, if I feel the Holy Spirit's prompting to Jerusalem, Paul says, I'm not really sure what's going to happen to me there, but I know I got to go. And there's some times in your life when you're not going to have all the details as bad as you want them. I want some certainty. I want some guarantee. I, if you don't do that, if you don't give me some guarantee, God, I'm not following. Well, let me give you some guarantee. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's the guarantee that God's going to be with you as you move. But if you're not living with a little uncertainty in your life, you're probably not living a life of faith. I got to be honest with you. So there's the Holy Spirit's prompting. He said, I know I'm compelled to go to Jerusalem, but I don't know what's going to happen. There's a certain uncertainty. Here's the third thing. Write this down. I'm just giving you the process. You've got to trust this process in your life as you follow God in the divine direction. You've got, to, you've got to realize the Holy Spirit's going to prompt you and there's going to be some certain uncertainty after that prompting. Here's the third thing. There's always going to be predictable resistance in the process. There's always going to be predictable resistance in the process. So Paul says, I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem and I don't know what's going to happen. And then he says in verse 23, I only know, here's the, here's the, the only thing I'm confident of is the Holy Spirit tells me every time he warns me that prison and hardships are to come, are facing me. <laughs> I think it's so ironic that Paul would say, here's the one thing I'm certain of, it's going to be hard. There's a predictable amount of resistance in this. And I don't know what I don't know what's ahead of me, but I know the Holy Spirit usually warns me. What, what if the Holy Spirit, that was his warning. It was prison and hardship. So what, what if it wasn't like, I don't know. The Holy Spirit never tells me that. It's always like, this may not be, uh, people are going to be a little weird about this. What if the Holy Spirit said, no, it's prison. It's going to be prison every time. Everywhere you go, it's going to be prison. And, and so Paul says, I just know there's a predictable amount of resistance. Now, let me help you through this. In your life, in your decisions, when you're following God, you can predict an amount of resistance. Just know 
If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you're not ready to be used by God. Shout amen to that in the comments. Just write amen to that. If you're, if you're not ready for some opposition, if you, don't th if you thought, man, I thought this was going to be easy. I thought following God was supposed to be smooth sailing. I thought, uh, let me say, this is what I hear more often. I thought if it was God's will, it would be all green lights. It must not be God's will because it's hard. Well, you don't know your Bible very well because every time it's God's will, it's hard in the Bible. And Paul says, there's a predictable amount of resistance. I just know. I wish it was Ephesus, but I feel compelled by the Holy Spirit. He's lassoed my heart to pull me that direction. And there's some things I don't know. There's some certain uncertainty there that I just don't know every step of the way. I don't know all the details. But this thing I do know, I'm expecting some resistance there. For some reason, it, it amazes me as a pastor that when people, uh, things get difficult, when, when, when life starts to get hard and difficult, they start saying things like, well, pastor, God must not be in this. You know, this must not be God's will or it wouldn't be this hard. When, when do you think the enemy attacks you? When do you think the devil attacks? When you're out of God's will or when you're in God's will? That's not a trick question. It's when I'm in God's will. That's when the enemy would attack. Like, why would he attack something that isn't in God's plan? So if you're under attack, let me just give you some word of encouragement. There's a predictable amount of resistance to come. That I'm doing what God has called me to do. I'm in this process and I'm trusting this process. Resistance is not a sign that you're out of God's will. Let me say that again. Resistance is not a sign that you are out of the will of God. It might actually be an indication that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. There are times in my life when I'm facing a decision and trying to decide, is this the right way for our church or for our family or in our relationship? Or as I make decisions and try to follow God with all that I can in my heart, uh, there's some times when the resistance comes and I have learned as a follower of Jesus to trust the process enough to go, hey, there's some resistance there. I expected that to come. And that must mean I'm on the right way. That must mean I've got the devil mad because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I never expected this not to come. I, I'm not ignorant to what the devil tries to do when I get in God's will. Follow that divine direction. Come on, it's a process. And the process may be painful but quitting doesn't speed it up. That's good preaching. I wish I could amen myself. Amen. Come on, quitting the process doesn't speed up the process. As a matter of fact, it just means you usually have to start over at the beginning again. Every time I've aborted the plan of God, the process in my life, God sends me back to, to square one. You know what I mean? And I have to go back through and, and the Holy Spirit's prompting. And then there's some certain uncertainty. And I thought the second time through, maybe God would give me more details. And he doesn't give me more details. And then I get to resistance again. And, and then if I don't, however I respond in that resistance, I'll start all over again. I'm trying to save you some starting all over again and tell you there's a predictable amount of resistance. That the process is painful, but quitting doesn't speed it up. Let's push through that. Let's struggle today because I think the struggle you're in today is producing the strength you need tomorrow. The struggle you're in today, Paul says, I just know there's prison coming. By the way, that's where he would write most of the letters to the churches of the New Testament. I just know the struggle today is giving me strength for tomorrow. I just, there's a predictable amount of resistance. I don't know what's coming next, God. But I know it's probably going to have some resistance and I'm ready for it. I'm not going to be surprised by it. 
There's one more thing in, in this process I want to give you today. There's four things, trusting God's process and making decisions. But before we look at it, I want to get you, especially if you're new to the Bible, kind of in the life of Paul. I want you to look back over his life. So Paul is, uh, his name's Saul, uh, and he is a persecutor of Christians. So he's a Pharisee, he's a Jew. And this, this new, you know, this Messiah or someone claiming to be the Messiah is on the scene. And these people are following him. He's doing miracles. He's raising the dead. And Saul is, he's not just upset about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's got in his heart. And he is a persecutor of Christians. He executes Stephen and he executes Christians. Um, and, 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 and it's just this terrible sort of track record. And I don't have time to tell you all of it, but he meets Jesus in this dramatic way. this powerful you know, encounter with the risen Christ. And you would think, I would think, man, if you have this encounter with the risen Christ, you're off to the races. You know, it's time to go. You're, you're finding freedom. You're discovering your purpose. You're already making a difference. As soon as you meet Jesus, you're already preaching the next weekend, you know, but it just, it's just not what happens. There's some fuzzy details right here, but most theologians agree that after Paul meets Christ on the Damascus road, that he spends three years in Arabia in obscurity, like doing nothing. Not, he doesn't have any, and he wants to preach. I can imagine he wants to kind of correct this. And, and, and he's asking every week, can I preach this week? No, brother, you can't preach this. Okay, all right, I'm gonna wait two more weeks and then can I, can I go ahead and tell, no, brother, you can't. Three years of can I preach this week? No, you can't. And, and so somebody finally gives him a chance to preach. By the way, you don't want to invite the guest preacher known for killing all the Christians. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants that guest in their, in their church. But somebody in Damascus, which I think it's interesting, that's uh, on the way to Damascus is where he met Jesus, gives him an opportunity to preach his first message. And they threaten to kill him there. They, they threaten to kill him and he flees for his life. And then he spends the next eight years struggling to pay his bills. The Bible says he makes tents. He's a tent maker and he wants to preach and nobody's trying to get him to preach. And eight or so years later, after another career and making tents and doing this, finally one of the disciples, Barnabas, vouches for Paul now and his ministry and it opens up the ministry of, of St. Paul. What you and I know is this person now this amazing apostle of Jesus Christ who writes two-thirds of the New Testament. It's a process. It's never overnight. It's, 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 it's this waiting and praying and making tents and waiting and praying and making tents and waiting and praying and make. Are you following me? It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. And I'm trying to get you to trust the process that God is building something in you so that he can do something through you. Paul, I know what I have for you. I know 2,000 years later, people are still studying your life, reading the letters you wrote to the, the churches around Asia and around Europe. And I want to build something in you so that I can do something through you. It's a process. It's a process. Here's the fourth thing. There's the Spirit's prompting, that's number one. And there's always an amount of certain uncertainty. And then you can just predict some resistance. And the fourth is in this divine direction, you will have uncommon confidence in God. You'll just have this uncommon confidence. So verse 24, I told you it when I opened this message today, maybe my, my favorite part in, in this story. He says, however, Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My aim only is to finish the race and to complete the task that Jesus gave to me. And 
here's the task. I'm going to testify the good news of God's grace. So what did he do? He starts churches all over Asia Minor. He starts churches all over Europe. But it didn't start there. He didn't have, Paul didn't have this plan to succeed, everybody. He didn't have this master plan for his life. He just had a process that God brought him through. He just said, I'm going to obey God today. I'm going to trust the process today. The Holy Spirit's prompting me today. There's a certain amount of uncertainty today. There's predictable resistance today. But I've got this uncommon confidence in God's plan for my life that I'm going to do what God called me to do. Now listen, before I pray for you, you may not ultimately know where you're headed. You may not ultimately know the direction God wants for your life, but you can still be who God wants you to be before you do what God wants you to do. You can trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. I do know I have a purpose. I have a purpose. Paul says, I'm going to do the thing God called me to do. I've got purpose in my life and I'm going to do that thing. I know this. I've got a task the Lord Jesus gave me and I'm going to do it. If it means I have to make tents for a little while, I'll make tents. If it means I've got to stay in Arabia for a couple of years, I'll do that. If it means I've got to learn and grow. and I, I just know that there's a process God has for me. There's a spirit's prompting. There's some resistance I know is coming. There's a certain amount of uncertainty, but I am confident in this. God has a purpose and a plan for my life. And I trust that plan with all of my heart. Amen, everybody. All right, right where you are, bow your heads. I want to lead you in prayer today about that process. If you're in that decision-making process, if you're, if you're thinking about what's next in my life, searching for divine direction, let me lead you in this prayer. Come on, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I, I recognize that today there are people who are trying to find that divine direction and walk in that divine direction. And it feels hard and there's resistance and there's so much uncertainty and I wish I had all the details and I'm not really sure this is the right thing I'm supposed to do and I really wish I could stay where I am because I love what this is. And, but there's uncertainty in the world and uncertainty on my job and uncertainty in our family. And, and so God, I'm just praying for people who are in the process today. They don't abandon and abort the process in the middle of it. God, it doesn't speed it up. Pray for people today to trust the Holy Spirit's prompting. God, that you're speaking to people today right there in their living rooms or around the kitchen table or wherever they are today in church. I, I know that there are people who feel that cord around their heart and the Holy Spirit's tugging them in a certain direction. The Holy Spirit's prompting them in that direction. And I know they got more questions than they've got answers. There's a certain amount of uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen to me next. And God, if they make a pro and con list, there's probably a few cons. There's, there, there's a predictable amount of resistance in our future. But I'm confident of this. You have a plan. You've got purpose for their life. And the good work that you started in them, you are faithful to complete in them. And I'm going to trust that process. With your eyes closed still in this posture of prayer today, if you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, listen, it's the first step of following God with all of your life. You can't have a process of following Jesus till you decide to follow Jesus. So let me lead you in that decision prayer today. It's simple, but it costs you everything. It sounds like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. I repent of my sins. I give you my whole life. I'm going to follow you every day of my life. Be the Lord of my heart, the King of my life. Help me to follow God in divine direction. In Jesus' name. Amen.